Black to Canada is sponsored by OESeducation.org. OES Education is committed to unraveling the principles, processes, and practices that serve as the bedrock of enduring individual and corporate greatness. The objective of OES Education is to help people discover the power and energy that is within them and use it towards impacting and influencing their world. Through teaching, training, and research, OES Education has helped many individuals and institutions identify their core competencies and amplify their unique gifts and potential. OESeducation.org Welcome to the Black to Canada podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Oyanarin. In today's episode, I'm so happy and excited to be talking about the Chatham Colored All-Stars. Now, who are the Chatham Colored All-Stars, you may be wondering? Formed during the Great Depression, the Chatham Colored All-Stars active from 1932 until 1939 was the first all-Black organized baseball team in the province of Ontario. Comprised primarily of men from the town of Chatham in southwestern Ontario, the All-Stars became the first all-Black team to win a Provincial Ontario Baseball Amateur Association, or OBAA for short, championship in 1934. Let's talk about the background and the origins and the makeup of the uh, Chatham Colored All-Stars. Now, up until the late 1940s, Black baseball players across Canada and the United States were banned from playing in the major leagues. Now, if they did get the opportunity to play on all-white teams at the community or even amateur level, the environment was very hostile, uh, racist, and unwelcoming. Baseball was a very popular sport in the 1930s and was particularly popular in Black communities. And the Black community of Chatham's East End neighborhood was no different. The Chatham Colored All-Stars consisted of a group of friends who played baseball in Sterling Park in Chatham's East End. The All-Stars would often travel to other towns in Ontario and they would play exhibition games against all-white teams, which enabled them to earn a bit of money. So, you know, it was a really good thing. They got to play and enjoy a sport um, that they loved, as well as earn a bit of money um, while doing so. Now, in 1933, Archie Sterling, who was a Chatham business owner and the local representative for the OBAA, noticed the skills and the talent of the Chatham Colored All-Stars and was able to get them into the city's baseball league, where they had the opportunity to compete against white teams. Now, the All-Stars rapidly gained popularity and the attention of local newspaper reporters who found the team to be highly skilled, talented, dedicated, and thrilling to watch. In 1934, during the All-Stars' second year in the league, they won the provincial championship in the intermediate B division. They played the Penetang Shipbuilders from Penetanguishene, Ontario, in the final series and beat them 13 to 7, becoming the first all-black team to win an OBAA title. 
Let's talk about the team and who made up the Chatham Colored All-Stars. Now, the players that made up the Chatham Colored All-Stars were talented and proficient athletes. Now, the Hardings, a very athletic family, supplied the All-Stars with four players, Len, Andy, Carl, and Wilfred, also known as Boomer. Len Harding played center field and later went on to manage the team. Andy joined the team in 1935 after the OBAA win and also played in the outfield. Older brother Carl Harding played a few games with the All-Stars, but moved to other towns in Ontario and played baseball and hockey in those towns. Most famous of the Harding family was Wilfred Boomer Harding, who played first base. In 1946, Wilfred or Boomer became the first Black player to play in the International Hockey League. Boomer's amazing sports career lasted more than five decades and included an Olympic gold achievement, which was a recognition awarded, uh, award, sorry, that was given out during an Olympic year. And he uh, won this uh, achievement in 1988. Boomer also became Chatham's first Black letter carrier, while his brother Andy became Chatham's first Black police officer. Boomer was inducted into the Chatham uh, Sports Hall of Fame in 2003, you know, after he passed away. Other players on the All-Stars included Earl Flat Chase, who was from Buxton, uh, which is a town in Ontario, and he grew up in Windsor. A pitcher and one of the team's most powerful hitters, Chase set records for home runs across southern Ontario. Wellington Willie Shognash was a pitcher, was a First Nations man from Walpole Island in southwestern Ontario, and he joined the All-Stars in 1935, a year after their OBAA win. Ferguson Jenkins Sr., who was from Windsor, and joined the All-Stars in 1935, and he played center field. Now, Ferguson Jenkins Sr., if that name sounds familiar, Fergie Jenkins, he was actually the father of Canadian baseball legend Ferguson Fergie Jenkins Jr., who was born in Chatham and was the first Canadian player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. There were also players on the All-Stars from Detroit, um, people like Don Washington and Don Tabron. Uh, they played uh, catcher and shortstop, respectively. And the remaining All-Stars were brothers Stanton and Hyle Robbins, Cliff Olby, Golade, Ross Talbot, Sagasta Harding, and King Terrell. The coaching staff included Louis Pryor, Percy Parker, and the team's manager, Joe Happy Parker. Now, of course, as I mentioned before, during this time, a lot of discrimination, racism, hostility was experienced by Black baseball players. So let's talk a bit more about the discrimination and racism that Black baseball players faced. Now, at a time when Jim Crow laws uh, were enforced, um, you know, and enforced racial segregation, um, you know, in the United States, and, you know, that was something that was common practice in the United States, Black Canadians had to also face racial discrimination 
different barriers, challenges, and even segregation on a daily basis. The Chatham Colored All-Stars faced many racial barriers and challenges, both on and off the field, in contrast to their white counterparts in the league. Some players faced racial taunts from uh, the crowd during games, questionable officiating calls by umpires, and they were also barred from restaurants and hotels when traveling for away games. Players on other teams would deliberately try to injure them as well. In at least one instance, opposing fans threw stones at the All-Stars after they won a game. Now, despite the racial barriers and challenges the All-Stars faced, they managed to rise above them, set records, gain the love and popularity of their town, and make a lasting impact on baseball in Ontario. Now, let's talk a little bit about the post-war um, and you know baseball teams post-World War II. Now, with the outbreak of the Second World War in 1939, some of the All-Stars stopped playing to serve for Canada in the war. Um, these included Andy Harding, his brother Boomer Harding, and team coach Louis Pryor. In the 1940s and 1950s, many former All-Stars played on other community teams. In 1946, Boomer Harding managed a new team uh, called the Taylor Aces, which comprised of some of his former teammates. So some of these um, former teammates were his brother Andy, King Terrell, Earl Flat Chase, and Goy Lad. Now, the Taylor Aces became known as the Taylor AC Panthers by the early 1950s and changed their name once more to the Kent Panthers. Several sons of former All-Stars, such as Earl Flat Chase and Coach Louis Pryor, so their sons, played on the Kent Panthers. So let's now discuss a bit about the legacy and the significance uh, of the Chatham Colored All-Stars. Although they only played as a team for seven years, the Chatham Colored All-Stars managed to make a lasting impression during a difficult and hostile time for Black Canadians. They forged ahead despite the barriers they faced and left a legacy of hope, perseverance, and strength. In 1984, on the 50th anniversary of their 1934 OBAA championship, the city of Chatham presented commemorative plaques to the surviving members of the team, which included Sagasta Harding, Don Washington, Don Tabron, Hyo Robbins, Cliff Olby, and Wilfred Boomer Harding. In a special tribute to the Negro Leagues and their contributions to baseball, in April 2001, the Toronto Blue Jays wore Chatham All-Stars replica jerseys in a game at Shea Stadium against the New York Mets. And in 19 and sorry, in 2002, the Blue Jays paid tribute to the All-Stars by wearing their replica jerseys in a home game. Descendants of some of the All-Stars were featured at the game with the last two surviving members, Sagasta Harding and Don Tabron, throwing the opening pitch, along with Earl Flat, Chase's son, Horace. 
Now, the the Chatham Colored All-Stars have left such a lasting legacy and impression on the sports world and on baseball. There are several children's books and books written about the team and all their accomplishments. So I really hope that you, you know, were able to learn something new about a piece of uh, Black history in uh, the province of Ontario, you know, and another piece of uh, Black Canadian history. Thank you for listening and join me next time on Black to Canada.